Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rimble, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. Good to be in the Lord, amen. Amen. We're the winners. You know that, don't you? We're the winners. We're the generation upon whom all the ends are written. Listen to me. We are exactly at where Ezekiel, Daniel, Jeremiah, Samuel, and all the rest of them 
would have liked to have been. We're there. They're not going to be here. I'm like unto that of Moses and the prophet Elijah, but they're not going to reappear. As I have said to you from the beginning, we're all that he's got, meaning the Lord. But we will fulfill what he's given us from the foundations of this world. Brothers and sisters, that is exciting. That makes me get up in the day and every day and look in the mirror and say, Thank you, Lord, that you granted me the opportunity to meet all of you and the opportunity that all you're going to have to meet all of them, the multitudes. Hallelujah. You didn't come by chance. If you know that, say amen. amen. We're in this thing together, aren't we? You need a prophet, and I need you. Okay? We'll make the best of both sides of that, I'm sure. Hallelujah. Well, we go on with the fear of God. We're finding out now that, bless God, that it is a command that we fear Him. We found out that, bless God, that you not only fear God, but you fear the prophets that God uses. And I don't ask people to fear me. I don't want anybody to fear me. I see myself as nothing but a piece of flesh and blood. I'm anointed of God. I'm highly anointed of God. It's proven itself over all these many, many, many years. But yet at the same time, I'm merely flesh. I'm merely blood with an anointing. You are merely flesh. You are merely blood with an anointing that God is waiting to be developed so he can greatly use you in this last day. There will not be anything less than stories of miracle after miracle after miracle that will come out of the things when you deal with and you minister to the people that's coming on the scene with this thing. It will not cease. It will go on and it will go on. It will go on because of the anointing of God that has to be upon every major movement that God has ever had on the face of this earth. If you don't think so, go back and even uh, even study some. How about the Pentecostal renewal that took place when God brought forth by his power the anointing? And those people, bless God, they were doing things that they never had done before with God. And after it ended, and why did it end? They quenched it. You see, left up to man, man will mess everything up. Why? Because we begin to vote and ask ourselves, well, what about this? If that worked, why doesn't this work? And, and, have, and what do you think, friend? This doesn't have a thing to do with what you and I think. It's got everything to do with who he is. Okay? But you, having been chosen by God, you ever ask yourself, God, why would you choose me? Got my hand up first, haven't I? Why me? Well, Scott, there's got to be somebody else. Probably many of other people could do a better job than I do with this. But no, he chose me. I've accepted. I've accepted my commission. Most of you in this room have accepted your position as being chosen. And that's the reason I said, you know, we must learn to love. We must learn to fear God. This is the beginning of you fearing God. Okay? Turn now with me, if you will, and be kind enough. Psalms 15. Psalms 15. And we're going to do one through four here. Okay? One through four. And if you have found Psalms 15. We will begin. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Question. Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? Another question. Then he answers the question. He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. Sounds like we've read this before. He that backbiteth not with his tongue. Uh Uh-oh. 
Oh, shucks. You know, we didn't do too bad maybe till we got there. Nor doth evil to his neighbor. Oh. Nor talketh up, or I'm sorry, taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is contempted. But he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. You know the old story? I'd rather lose my right arm than to uh, give in. I'd rather, you know, than to say uncle. I think that was the way it was being kids. But the writer here is trying to say, look, who's going to abide in the tabernacle of the Lord? Who's going to dwell in the holy hill? Only those that are going to fear the Lord God. Only those that are going to abide, bless God, in Him. Psalms 22, 22, if you will. Psalms 22, 22 through 25. I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation. I will praise thee, ye that fear the Lord. I'm going to praise those of you that fear the Lord. Praise him, all ye the seed of Jacob. Glorify him and fear him, all ye the seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the, the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he crieth unto him, he heard. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. So he's saying, you're going to have to fear him. You're going to have to fear the Lord. Psalms 25, look there with me. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Question. Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will not shew them, and he will shew him his covenant. Boy, that's some big-time stuff in it. Those that fear the Lord God, his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is in them. Now, it doesn't have to be interpreted this way, but I'm going to create that here for a moment. The secret of the Lord if you didn't know that you must fear God and it's a commandment, do you think that's a secret of the Lord? Could very well be, okay? So the secret of the Lord will be revealed to those that bless God what? Those that fear Him. Now once you begin, once you begin, bless God, uh, into that area and you begin to figure this out, like I said, tomorrow morning we're going to wrap all this up you're going to go home and be able to begin to fear the Lord God. Of course, we're going to have to have a small uh, moment of repentance, but uh, we can do that, I assure you. And, and bless God, then we are going to bring you to that place. Everybody in this room is going to be able to walk in the fear of the Lord if you choose. Now, if you don't, believe me, it won't happen to you. You won't be hurt by, by uh, uh, bless God, uh, praying the prayers that we're going to pray in the morning. Uh, but it may uh, be harmful to you, uh, not because you prayed the prayers, but because you didn't adhere to what was being taught. Now, 24, for he hath not despised nor abhorred the afflicted, afflicted neither, neither hath he hid his face from them. But when he cry, cried unto him, he heard, my praise shall be of thee, of the great, uh, uh, in the great uh, congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear me. I shall pay my vows. And then he went over here again, and I, I want to, because this ties itself back over in 25. I want to go one more time here. What man is he that feareth the Lord? And boy, again, what man is he? What kind of a man is that that fears God? Are they kind of the pansy kind? No, these are the men. These are the women. Okay? And, and, and he says, him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. In other words, he's going to teach you in the way that you'll come into the upright, into the place where you need. Psalms 31, turn there in the 19th verse. Psalms 31, 19. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. Oh, man, how great is the goodness of the, of the Lord God. 
to, uh, uh, for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee. Therefore, the sons of men, before the sons of men, I'm sorry. Psalms 33, 8. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. So let all the earth. It's not just let all the earth. 33.18, Behold, the eyes of the Lord is upon them that fear him. His eyes are upon those that will fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. 34.7, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Could there be a chance that when you cried out to the Lord to be delivered, you didn't get delivered because what? There's no fear of the Lord in you. There was no fear of the Lord in you, so you can't be delivered. See, again, there's so many things, brothers and sisters, we have to get straightened out about all this. There's things that God can't do for you. There's nothing that God doesn't want to do for you. And there's a great difference, there's a great gulf between those two things. He wants to do. And if you could hear the Lord God, if you could hear him say, look, I have made provision for you for everything. There's been nothing that has been withheld from you. I've given it all to you. And here comes the word that I dislike, and you probably do, but, okay? Again, I have said, and I'll say again tonight, it's not what you don't, uh, uh, what you know that will hurt you in the word. It's what you don't know. And, and again, we get ourselves into these positions where we get to thinking too much of the knowledge that we think we have. Some of it you may have. But bless God, what you need to understand, and, and here's the key to this. Get into your heart, get into your mind, the whole concept of understanding. There is more with God tomorrow than there is today. Say, there is, there is. More, with God more with God tomorrow, tomorrow. Than, I have than I have today. And there is. You will never, you, you will never attain all of that which God has for you. None of us will. Paul said he was what? He was striving to, to, to what? To, to uh, uh, finish the race. We are striving, brothers and sisters, to put this great army together. It's like we're, we're having to plead with the army of God for this last day move to see if we can get you in the right mood to listen to what it is that God has for you. What a shame, amen? Sure it is. But yet at the same time, you look back four years, and I, again, I can never remember. I don't know. We had 38 people here, I think, four years ago. The room's filling up. What's this about? We're doing something right. What's happening? The ears are coming unstuck. The eyes, spiritually, are beginning to see. And people are beginning to listen to the message and, bless God, challenging themselves with maybe the Jew boy might be right. Maybe, maybe, maybe things could be better than I have them the way I'm serving God now. Now, when you start to think that and you start to begin to process that, you're going to get somewhere with God. You're going to begin to realize there's more. And you want to tell me? Well, you want to tell me something? I'm going to tell you something. Bless God. When you get into that place, it gets exciting. And the reason that it gets exciting is because you're about now to find hope that you haven't had for years. Doesn't it feel good to have hope? Doesn't it feel good to think that just maybe, just maybe? There's a chance that God will use you through the laying on of the hands to even raise a dead in the name of His Holy Son, Yeshua? Amen, it does. Maybe. No, He's going to. 
This last day move of God has got to explode in such a mighty way that it will, the, the vibration of it will go around the earth. So you see, this is no more than what I've said for the last four years. It is the first fruits. It is the beginning. It is the remnant beginning to come. The challenge that God gives to you as the remnant is to learn the material so that you too can share this hope, this last move of God and the destination in which he has given us. There's hope in this thing. You're not only about to receive the power of God's anointing in his fullness for your life and your anointing, but you're also about to prepare yourself and multitudes of others to return unto the holy land of our forefathers, Israel. The Scripture says that we will live in a utopia as unto that. There will be no nation that will ever rise up against us that will in any way, shape, or matter hinder us. My Lord and my God, brothers and sisters, that's worth giving my time, and thank God it's worth most of your time at this point. You're a beginning. Don't, 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 don't give up. Don't faint for well-doing. Let's God hang into there. Hold your head up and speak out that I'm a child of Almighty God. But most of all, learn to fear Him. Learn to understand that this same God, and I want to tell the story. Years ago, when I first got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, and my boys were small, I was an athlete in high school, and in, in the state tournament, a, a big fellow come down and broke the, the big toe on my left foot. Well, we just taped it up and I played, got done, never, and it, it got better. And so through the years as I got older, Bless God, when I put on a pair of rubber boots to work outside and take those rubber boots off, I, I had to limp like this. Okay? Now, I've been going to a Pentecostal church, and, and bless God, I was really sick of the hypocrites. How many of you ever been in church and quit going because of the hypocrites? Okay? Well, shame on me and you both, all right? Wasn't the reason to be there in the first place, but anyway, it worked, didn't it, for us, uh, even though it wasn't right. Uh, we left, and uh, we showed them, didn't we? Uh, no, we didn't. And so I had ran from God. And bless God, you know, well, people come and I say, I ah, don't bother me. I'm not going somewhere where there's hypocrites. I'm just not going. Well, nobody told me that every church on the face of this earth had hypocrites. Okay? I only thought it was a few of them in and around Mount Carmel, Illinois. So anyway, uh, my, my, my ex-wife at that time and my sons had gone somewhere. And I'm there by myself. And all of a sudden I get cocky. You ever get cocky with God? Man, I was limping around. I stopped and I said, God, if you're really God, heal this toe. Sat down in the chair, telephone rang, I jumped out, went over and answered the telephone just like this. I said, hello? Still to this day, I don't know who called, okay? <laughs> but I knew that I quit limping about halfway to the telephone. So I put, I had that phone down, I'm, that's the right thing to do, of course. Well, thank you, God. Hallelujah. Boy, I praised him now, wasn't I? Woo, hallelujah. Oh, I'll tell you what, I was set up somewhere along about 2, 2.30 in the morning, the next morning. I wake up and I feel, that's the, and that's the way God used to wake me up and did for years. The anointing of God would be running from the top of my head out to the bottoms of my feet, and it would just run, and it would run. It would go all the way through, and here it would come again. And I just laid there. And bless God, it, it, sometimes you thought it was the most wonderful feeling in the world, and other times you thought you were going to die. And bless God, finally, it stopped, and all of a sudden, uh, well, sometimes I like to close my eyes and pretend I'm asleep when things I know aren't going well between me and the Lord, you know. You say, does that work? Oh, no, that's just, you know, 
the angel knows uh, very well, very well does he know. And so anyway, um, I said, yes, Lord. And the angel said, I have come to deliver you a message. He said, you know, while you were in the position you were in and the anointing was running from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, he said, you couldn't move, could you? I said, no. He said, let me tell you this and don't ever forget this. The Lord God can not only cause you to not be able to move, the Lord God can kill you. And what you did this past night was you tempted the Lord God. And he said, if you ever do that again, you're going to be in more trouble than you ever dreamed about being in. I wasn't threatened. I was just told. Then he left. Of course, you just go right back to sleep and believe that was a dream. Oh, no, you don't. I got up out of bed, and I started pacing back and forth. And I thought, my Lord and my God, what have I done now? I've tempted God. I dang, I dang near died right there in bed that night, you know, so I thought. And I thought, oh, Lord, what am I going to Oh, Lord, I, you know, what one? And all of a sudden, I hear this voice. Try going to church. You know that voice that you hear behind you at times? Try going to church. Let me tell you something. Come Sunday, I was in church. And I stayed in church. And I didn't run anymore, you know. But what was it about? I had no fear of God. Well, if you're God, just heal the toe. Folks, that, that is just not the right approach, okay? But you see, I was young, very foolish. Wasn't, that wasn't, I was just trying to go to a church. I wasn't in the ministry. But do you know what that brought to me? It brought fear. It brought the place where I feared this God because I realized that if I ever tempted him again, Something was going to happen, and it wasn't going to be good. So I began to contemplate that. Don't tempt the Lord thy God. Okay? Now, that story, we're going to, I'm going to show you probably tomorrow morning why that's so important to you. Let's go on. Psalms 34.9. Oh, fear the Lord, 34.9, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear, fear, no want to them that fear him. You're not going to want for anything? That's what he said. I didn't say it. The psalmist knew. He said, for there's no want to them that fear him. Fear the Lord, O ye saints. Somebody t- shake your head in, in recognition. This must have been an important thing with God. It must have been an important thing for Israel, 3411. Come, you children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Again, and we read that in in other passages, to understand that evidently you have got to be taught the fear of the Lord. Are you being taught the fear of the Lord here this weekend? Absolutely. Is there any reason in this world that you shouldn't adhere unto the fear of the Lord? No. Because you see... You don't know anything until you're taught something, okay? And so by teaching you this, now we're bringing you into position for you to receive. We're we're, we're bringing you, we're drawing you, we've taught you, and now you are about to become recipients thereof. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Recipients thereof. Psalms 89, 7. 89.7, God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints. You're supposed to what? You're supposed to fear him when you're you're in in before him in, in the synagogue. And to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. And to be had in reverence. Well, the fact of it is, again, reverence, as I read you in the beginning, is fear. Okay? Psalm 72, 5. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and the moon endure throughout all generations. Please underline that. There are some scriptures, and every once in a while I stop to tell you, there are some scriptures, and this is a very short one, that you need to write down. You need to put it on one of those little sticky note things, and you need to put it 
in your bathroom, on your refrigerator, on your microwave oven, on the dash of your car, bless God, on, 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 on top of your Bible cover. And this is one of them. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and the moon endureth. They, who's they? The children of Almighty God. Throughout two or three generations, all generations. So you see, as I said, it's not an elective. It's not something that God winks at when it's not done. It's a commandment. God commands us. But I'm going to tell you something. This is the generation which is going to bring this back full turn. Psalms 102.15. 102.15. I'm having a good time here, folks. Don't know where I'm getting this all in, but I'm having a good time. The Lord keeps saying, skip that one, do this one, do that one. 102.15. So the brethren, so the brethren shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth thy glory. I'm sorry, the brethren, the heathen. Excuse me. Yeah, it's warm. <laughs> so the heathen will too fear him, okay? All the kings. But you see, the way that in this last day that, that they're going to fear him is going to be cause of what comes out of you and I as the anointing. See? What comes, flows out of you and I is going to cause people to fear him. Let me tell you this story about me going into Guyana in South America. I went to Guyana and prophesied there before I left that there was going to be a great flood that was going to come, and it was going to be a flood that they had never had before. It was going to get up into their drinking water, and there was going to be thousands upon thousands of people sick and people die. And it was because of the sin of that nation. All right? So I go home. I still have these clippings today somewhere in my office. Now, if you've ever had the opportunity to tour the prophet's office, you'll fully understand it could be anywhere. The word anywhere is a scary thing, okay? But I have it somewhere. So a year later, which they sent me, the, the pastors that sent me the articles, and yes, the flood came. Yes, for the first time, it got up into the drinking water. Yes, thousands got sick, and many, many, many people died. A year later, I go back to Guyana. I get off the airplane, and in the far distance, I can see signs being held up. The closer I get to those signs, I can read my name on those signs. And so then I could hear the people. Why did you bring death? Why did you bring a flood to this nation? And folks, they weren't very quiet about it. There must have been, well, at least as many as you are here before me tonight. And it became very boisterous. And then as I had to go past that crowd... And I only had one person with me, and this guy's trying to keep those people's hands off of me, and I'm going this way and I'm going that way. You know, when you're my size, it's a little hard to go this way and that way. <laughs> Doesn't make a lot of difference, actually, in the end. And so anyway, I, I, they, they finally crowded around to the point where I couldn't move, and one of, one, one of the, the person who was in front of me said, Why did you do this to us? Why, why, why did you profit? Why did you come? this nation and do this. I said, I didn't do anything. I said, I only did what I was instructed by the Lord God to do. He said, we're afraid. He said, there's nobody here going to harm you. He said, we are afraid. We are afraid of you. I said, you better first be afraid of him and then be afraid of me because I am the messenger of him. I am only dictating to you what he told me to do. I said, that's what God said. Why did he do it? I said, sin. Now, every time past that that I went to Guyana, and it always reminded me of, of, of the prophets of what you call the Old Testament, the Tanakh. 
Inevitably, each time they would come and say, what harm have you come to bring, prophet, to this nation this time? You know, I'm going to tell you something. I may have rebelled from God if, if God would have made me prophesy something against those people again. No, I would have done it, but it would have been hard to have done. But you understand that it takes, it takes people knowing that there's a living God, and it also takes people to understand you monkey around with him and he'll get you. He'll get you. Oh, well, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is not the God that I know. Then this is the God you better, better learn to know. As I said, the Scripture says he's all good and he's all evil. You get outside of his word, and, and if you study, you're going to find something out. You can talk in other tongues, have been saved since you were 10 years old. You get outside that word and you get into sin, the word will tell you you have now become his enemy. What? Once saved, always saved. That's what I believe, prophet. You better reconsider what you believe. Narrow, narrow, narrow is the way. Amen? It's not wide. You can't just go out here and live any way you want to live. And bless God, <laughs> on that day you give up the ghost. It's going to be a lot of bawling and squalling and gnashing of teeth, folks. Some of you are going to get real aggravated at the pastors of family that you know that mistaught your family, that believe so much that they end up calling you the devil, okay? End up calling you Satan himself. Let's go on. Now, Psalms 103.11. Look at that with me, if you will. 103.11, for as the heaven is above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. Boy, it must be some great mercy. And what is that mercy? That mercy is, folks, that when you do sin, you repent, and bless God, the payment of that sin won't, won't go on forever. There'll come a time when, bless God, that'll be lifted, all right? But that's only to those that fear him. Oh, boy. Let's not be much mercy for the people that don't fear him. Now you're getting the idea. Now you're beginning to understand that. 103.13, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. He pitieth them. 103.17, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him. You got that? And his righteousness on children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those things, remember his commandments to do them. So the fact of it is that, that there's an, that bless God, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting to those people that will fear him. Let's go to Psalm 111.10. Psalm 111.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh-oh. Now, now, let's try to understand this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Doesn't look like we got much wisdom till we got the fear thing down, does it? The f Listen again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. It's not the end, but it is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Psalms 112, 1 through 10. Psalms 112, 1 through 10. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. That delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wow. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth till he dies. No, forever. Can you understand that some of you, some of you are riding in on the tails of forefathers that did fear God? Some of you that have somewhat, have had somewhat success, it's sure nothing you've done. Why? Because the Scripture will not let you have done. All right? 
for those that have been before you, that has served God in fear and in righteousness, that has kept his holy covenant. It, it, you know, he comes right into this thing, and bless God, he just flat says exactly how that it is, okay? Endureth forever, forever and ever. The fourth verse, under the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. Won't be. Wow. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. Boy, that isn't a bad deal either. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord, his heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away, and the desire of the wicked shall perish. This is all because... He feared the Lord. That's all that it's about. It is all about fearing the Lord God. Now, in Psalms 115, if you'll be so kind, in the 11th verse, Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. Ye that fear in the Lord, trust in the Lord. Ye that fear in the Lord, trust in the Lord. What about those that don't fear the Lord? Hard to trust in Him, if you can at all. He is their help and their shield. He is your shield. He's your protector. Now, this hooks directly to the, to the 91st Psalm. Fearing God will bring protection to you and your families. See, again, the church taught us, which is really cute, now that you're a Christian, okay, especially, you know, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the 91st Psalm, and all the promises, by the way, that's in the Old Testament is now ours. We've heard that many times. And so you don't have to worry about, because God will see to it, that bless God that you're protected. And we bought that hook, line, and sinker. Well, who doesn't want to believe that? Okay? I mean, isn't it great that you didn't have to do anything but become a Christian and, 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 and not even really have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. The Pentecostals just thought that was a good added thing. And all you had to do was say, Jesus, come into my heart and believe that he's the Son of God. And now you have the 91st Psalm protecting you and your family 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Hallelujah, what a way to go. That's a lot better prophet than this idea you got of this thing. Yeah, but you're right, it don't work. There's only one problem. What you did didn't work. What I do does work. Not just every once in a while. What I do works all the time. And you know when it came about, and bless God, the great tsunami happened over in Indonesia here a few years back. And I begin to, I begin to ask the question, Church, wh wh where's the 91st Psalm at now, Church? There's Christians, Holy Ghost Christians, by the thousands and thousands that died. Where's your God at, church? The 91st Psalm, you told them would protect them, and now they're dead. Am I wrong? No. Well, somebody's wrong. It's not me. It's the church. The church sold you a bag of rocks. You bought it. You believed it. Why not? Same thing with the rapture. They couldn't tell you the truth about the rapture because they didn't, number one, know the truth. So it was easier to bless God to believe some little girl huh, that had a dream and a pastor that said, oh, this is the catching away. And then all the church said, oh, yeah, yeah, this is, this is the pre-rapture. And you bought that hook, line, and sinker. Some of you are coming out of that belief, though. 
hook, line, and sinker. Today, the church will, will, will argue greatly with you. They still email us almost weekly. Well, but you're just wrong about this rapture thing. Oh, really? You can take two pieces of Scripture and build a doctrine that's going to evacuate this entire world of everybody that said, Jesus, come into my heart. Wide is the way, and there is no narrowing, is what they're telling you. But it didn't work. They died. And the church sat back. But you see, when God brought me on the scene, I knew there was about to be a, a battle, a spiritual battle between me and the church. I knew there was going to be a line drawn in the sand, and, and you were going to end up having to be on one side of that line with me or on that side of the line with them. Sound familiar? And bless God, I knew that. But I also knew that by this thing happening, and, and that's when it really opened up was over that tsunami. And bless God, so I mean, I began to really, really, really drive at the church. And I said, I'm going to put the church in a corner. I'm going to push them in a corner because they can't gainsay the things of God because their gospel, their, 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 their theology just is not working. And it wasn't. It isn't! Yet there are millions upon millions upon millions of people. I'm going to fly away, sweet Jesus. Well, let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. That ain't going to happen. If I've been right about all the rest of what I've been right about, I'd be afraid to bet against this old boy right now. But you know the one thing I've told him? This generation is going to prove their theory about the rapture. It's going to prove it wrong. But we're, we're about to now, because see, for uh, long, long periods of time here, all we could do is argue. Well, now, if you don't believe, you don't get a go. Well, where's that even at in them two scriptures that they quote? Huh? Well, 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 show me where that's at. Well, now, it just is. If you're not going to believe, you don't get a go. Come on. Come on, folks. The joke's up. They ran against the wall. They can't come up with the answers. They don't have the answers of why. And you need to be in the same position. You need to start saying to these people that are calling you the devil, calling me the devil, calling this thing a, a, a cult. You need to say, well, then, then, then you go to church, you tell me. Why, why did that, what, what, that 91st Psalm doesn't do anything for you, me, or anybody else without doing it God's way. Put them in a corner. Make them answer you. Where was God at? Down here in New Orleans, when that hurricane came in and all those Christians died. Where was the 91st Psalm at in all this thing? Perhaps God had gone to the Bahamas that weekend. You know, yeah, vacation time. Come on, brothers and sisters. You're going to have to become bold, and some of you, bless God, are on the defensive, and you need to be on the offensive. You need to be on the offensive. You need to stand up for what you believe and not just hunker down and let them look, throw all those words at you and try to destroy you with their words. You need to stand up and say, I'm going to show you where my God's at and where I'm coming from with my God. Let me see where your God is. You need to be able to do that, all right? Now, in Psalms 119.38, 119.38. Thank you, Lord. Establish thy word unto thy servant who is devoted to thy fear. So your servant, the people that work for you, not servants as we would call servants today, or they did then, I mean. 119.120. My flesh trembleth for fear of thee, and I'm afraid of thy judgments. You need to write out beside that or in your... Notes, this is true fear. My flesh trembleth. If your flesh trembled every time you were about to sin, okay, if it trembled, and bless God, uh, and you're afraid of what's about to happen because, for the, and being the consequences of that sin, you wouldn't sin. 
Put it, put that, put, I said, write that down. Psalms 128, 1 through 6. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways, for thou shall eat the labor of thy hands. Happy shall thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of, the, of, of thine house, thy children like all of plants mount above. Mound about, I'm sorry, about thy, thy table, behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. In other words, man, it's all going to turn out right with your wife, with your kids. Fifth verse, the Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shall see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shall see thy children's children, and peace upon Israel. You'll see your children's children. Promise. That's a promise from God, those that fear him. Psalms 145, 19. Psalms 145, 19. I will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. Wow. You have, what kind of desires do you have? Well, I desire that, that my husband or my kids or my wife or my parents get saved and come into this thing. Now, what did he just say? He will fulfill, 145.19, the desire that them, of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. Folks, this is all tied to fearing God. These are promises of God. These aren't empty, empty bless God, uh, vessels with no, with no water. These are vessels that are full. They're full of the blessings of God. And he brings it back again and again and again. Psalms 147:11. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him. He takes pleasure in that. In those that, that hope in his mercy. He takes pleasure in those that fear him. Fear. The fear of the Lord God. The fear that, bless God, that brings you to a place where you tremble. You tremble. You tremble? Oh, I love it. I love it. At least one man in this congregation has seen this prophet tremble from that story I told about the, 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 the machine that records this stuff. Saw this prophet tremble. I was afraid of this God. I was afraid of him. What do you think it was like for the boys, the priests that carried the Ark of the Covenant? We read where one of them slipped and let go, and he died. I bet, I bet the rest of them, you know, they, they weren't going to let that thing slip that day, were they? What's that about? They saw the wrath of God. Whoa, wait a minute. You used the word wrath. Yes, I did. They saw the wrath of God. They dropped the Ark of the Covenant. When you drop your position with God through what? Through sin, then you need to look around. And, and, and I'm here to tell you this will help you if you'll begin to do it. You need to look around and go, uh-oh, 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 here come the wrath of God. Because guess what? It's going to come. In some way or another, you are about to meet this living God on a basis that you don't want to meet him on. That's no fun, okay? That's no fun at all. But this God, he is merciful. Bless God from everlasting to everlasting, he says. If we will do what? If we will serve him through fear and through keeping his holy commandments. Well, see, we've got you to the point, it took time, of being able to teach you that the covenant, the holy covenant never passed away. The law never went anywhere. Jesus Christ was a continuation of the covenant, not the end of one and the beginning of another. Okay? Oh, it was the beginning of eternal life for, for mankind. But that was only because what? The law couldn't give you that. So as the Lord God prophesied out of the belly of the old prophets that there would be a day come that he would send Yeshua to this earth, that he would pay that price. In fact, brothers and sisters... When he took the sins of the world upon his back, Yeshua, 
God couldn't look on him. Why? He can't look upon sin. Now, that's a good Baptist preaching there. Okay? He, he couldn't, he, he had to turn away from him. But that was his son. Yeah, uh-huh, still is today. But understand something. When you sin, he has to turn away from you too. See, you've never had this Jesus preached to you like this. You've never had Yeshua exposed to you in the way that you're hearing it now and seeing it out of the eyes of a real prophet of God. This isn't a cakewalk. There's many people that have prayed that prayer and confessed out of their mouth and believed in their heart that's going to burn in hell. And again, it's all because of wrong teaching and wrong believing. It's all because, bless God, people got themselves involved somewhere because it tickled. It tickled their spirit man. Oh, we have such a beautiful service. We just dance. And, and you know, Prophet, that's one thing really wrong with your, with your services. Uh, you just don't have any band and we can't dance. Yeah, you can dance. Go home and bless God when you get up Monday morning or, or, or Monday night. Get out in the front yard and dance all the way up and down Main Street. You can dance. You can praise God. And if you, if you only can praise God when you come into some place called a sanctuary and you've got to have music flowing, and oh, my Lord and my God, what I haven't heard. But you know who does the most complaining? Does somebody want to tell me? The girls. The ladies. Well, I'd love to say, Prophet, but, I, you know, I've got to have praise and worship. Well, then start praising and worshiping him. I do it every day, hours at times I praise and worship this God. But most people only praise and worship him when they get in what? In church and in a bind. Especially at home, they'll do it if they're in a bind. But then they come into a, into church and they praise him. They fall on the floor and lay there. And the old, do you ever see people do what's called the the Pentecost shimmy? Come on, yeah, afraid so. Been there and saw that one too. Okay. Then nothing ever changes. Nothing ever changes. But what we want, and when I say we, I'm talking about me, the holy angels. And the Lord God himself, through the, his son Yeshua, we want you to come out from among them. Don't receive of her plagues. Please tell me you're understanding that he was talking about the church. That's what he, who he was talking about. Come out and don't, 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 receive, don't, 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 don't receive of her plagues. We've got plagues. We got cancers. We got all kind of sicknesses. And people that are Christian or calling themselves Christian people talking in other tongues are dying. Why? Because we received the plagues. Because we didn't come out. We didn't walk free. We didn't come away from it. And now the hour of judgment is at hand. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer request. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible. Thank you. 
Thank you. 